What's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, I took a look at the Los Angeles Rams 18-7 victory over the Arizona Cardinals. And admittedly, I wanted to watch this game because it had playoff implications. I wanted to see, you know, how it actually went down and how the Rams pulled this off without Jared Goff. I wanted to see, you know, what happened to Kyler, you know, wrapping up his first real breakout season with their Arizona Cardinals. I mean, he was good last year, but obviously, you know, the increased touchdowns and the rushing totals really blew things out for Kyler this year. So I wanted to take a look and see how it ended and kind of what I think about Arizona going forward, as well as, you know, how are the Rams going to look in the playoffs and how does Sean McVay look with another quarterback? I had lots of questions about this game, as well as how did Cam Akers run 21 for 34? That just seemed like it couldn't be true, but all these things happen. Let's talk, let's talk about them and what they mean for going forward for these teams. Uh, first off, we were talking uh, Los Angeles Rams because they did end up winning this game, and it was a screwy game, no doubt. Uh, it certainly went back and forth. Kyler, you know, went out, you know, pretty early on, so there was nearly two full quarters without Kyler Murray. And when he was in there, he was compromised. So, you know, that's kind of how it went for the Arizona Cardinals, unfortunately. And I do think they're one of the more entertaining teams, but without Kyler able to run, I'm just as happy seeing another team, I guess. But, you know, I like Cliff, so I wanted to see that happen. But uh, that's certainly what happened. And there was this screwy, you know, situation with there was a safety you know, on a Cam Akers fumble going into the end zone. And uh, there was a lot of things that just kind of went back and forth. But uh, the Rams were able to position themselves to get this taken care of. And uh, while it wasn't pretty all the time, it certainly, you know, got the job done. And the defense really, you know, did their best uh, to really make this game happen. So kudos to them, absolutely. Aaron Donald was all over the place. Uh, Leonard Floyd has certainly been a revelation for them. The Troy Hill uh, interception was beautiful, and really I'm not sure who it was to exactly, but it was definitely a beautiful place. And, of course, Jalen Ramsey was all over DeAndre Hopkins as well. So really that was a big part of this game is the defensive play. And, you know, this if you can't really match up with their stars or their stars really match up better on you is probably really what it boils down to that can be a problem. And it was a problem for Arizona today. And I think that's partially to blame for their offensive line, which we'll get to when we get to Arizona. But certainly the defense was all over the place. Fox had a really nice sack at one point. I mean, it was it was definitely a good performance by them. And while it's been off and on, and certainly, you know, they got beat by the Jets or whatever, it just uh, it just was interesting to watch the Rams go without Jared Goff and to see the defense kind of take over uh, and win this game for them was, you know, was definitely something to behold. So it's interesting to see them play the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, You know, that's a matchup they've already played twice. They split the matchup uh, looking stronger in one game than the other. Kind of had a weird game in week 16, but, and you know what? Seattle's defense has been better. And I can't deny that part of it, that they've been playing better. And we'll see with a week of film what that game looks like, you know, now that Sean McVay has a different quarterback. 
And I admit that was a big reason on why I wanted to watch this game in the first place was to see, you know, what did Sean McVay do with a different quarterback besides Jared Goff? Now, I looked into it, and the Rams are absolutely locked into Jared Goff for the next two years. So you might as well go ahead and get over it, Rams fans, if you're trying to, you know, trade him off for a better situation. So they kind of signed up for that. And Jared Goff is capable of delivering in the Sean McVay offense, but I think it's more Sean McVay than it is Jared Goff. And this game went a long way to kind of showing me what a different type quarterback would look like in the system. And I believe that Sean McVay would adapt to whatever, you know, situation he has at quarterback and with the offense. It's just a question of how talented are they. And uh, like I said, they kind of are locked into Jared Goff for at least the next two years. After that, they can get out for, I believe it's $8 million in dead cap. So, you know, at that point, maybe they look to move on. But until then, you know, until further notice, Jared Goff's the quarterback. He did, they did say that he was throwing before the game. But they've also come out and said that it's going to be hard for him to play. So we'll see if that actually happens or not. But I think they'd be better off with Jared Goff than without him after watching this performance. And I like Wolford just fine. Uh, a lot more than I expected to like him, absolutely. he It does look smallish out there, no doubt. And there was a couple of times where he had to jump to make a throw. But he he kind of reminds me of P.J. Walker and how he looked earlier in the year where he has enough arm. He's not always a thousand percent sure where he's going, but a lot of the times he's on point, especially when they're getting the ball out of his hands and he's throwing to good receivers. That's all, all good. And it's got a certain amount of pop to it. But like I said, he doesn't always know where it's going and it's still not a top half of the NFL arm where he's able to hit all the dimensions of the field, just willy nilly. It's a little harder for him to throw it deep than the other ones, but I think it's going to be just fine if they have to play him. Now, I don't know that I would pick them over Seattle necessarily, but at the same time, it was very interesting to watch Sean McVay work with something different. Like I said, it wasn't perfect by any means, and really once they got up, they didn't really ask him to do quite as much as they did before. And you know what? He didn't look slow either from a running aspect as well. He had a certain amount of athleticism, certainly capable of outrunning most of the defensive linemen on the field at that point. And uh, that's something they haven't had in the offense. Sean McVay used some design runs to kind of get things going a little bit, but it was tougher for them to move the ball. And and Arizona did a good job of stopping the run and trying to eliminate that from the offense as much as they could. And Wolford, to his credit, was able to throw the ball over the top a bit and kind of back them off a little bit and, be, you know, get the offense going and get them in position, you know, with a couple of chunk plays with some good drives to put them in position to kick some field goals and let the defense do what it needed to do with Streveler in there without Kyler in there. So serviceable enough, better than I expected. Kind of looked like an NFL backup to me that was capable of coming in there and giving the offense a different look. That's always tough for a defense when they prepared for one thing and then you come out and you give them something else. So it's not always bad to kind of have a little bit of a change up as your backup. Now, certainly I'd wish he was a little bigger and, you know, I wish there was a little bit more pop to his arm, but you know what? I mean, it was enough and he was making decisive decisions for most of the day and getting the ball out of his hand. I had no problem with the decision-making portion of it. 
Uh, I mean, it wasn't all perfect by any means. There was a really bad, bad throw where there's no telling who I thought he was throwing it to exactly, but still, there was uh, plenty to work with, I think, for Sean McVay, or at least something different. And uh, granted, you know, Seattle will have seen it for a week and have a better feel for what this guy's actually going to come out and do than the Arizona Cardinals would, because it's tough when there's no film to watch and you don't really have an idea of what this guy's really going to bring. And I think there was some stuff out there, and I'm sure the NFL guys had plenty of ease, you know, figuring out how to take a look at this guy. But still, you know, having an NFL game, seeing what he's going to do with Sean McVay, that's something different. And like I said, that was one of the big reasons I watched this game in the first place was I wanted to see kind of what it looked like without Jared Goff. And uh, I'm interested. You know, I mean, I, I know they're stuck with him for a little while, at the very least because of the extension they signed. You know, when you sign an extension like that, you're locked in for at least the first two years. And, you know, it's like it's like two guaranteed years and then uh, $8 million buyout, essentially, you know, in the last part. That's just the way that the NFL finances work. Jared Goff's going to be the quarterback. Um, I'm just interested for what the next phase will be. If Sean McVay ever gets hooked up with a really good quarterback, what were the, some of the things he would do? Because I think he does run very elegant things, and he's got really good designs, and he does what he can with the talent he has. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just interested to see kind of where it goes from here. So Sean McVay has my interest. And from a fantasy aspect, I mean, certainly, you know, Wolford kind of makes him hard to trust a little bit, you know, if you're doing some sort of DFS situation. But, I mean, he showed enough to me that, you know, they're going to put up some sort of effort and it's not going to just be a complete dumpster fire if he's in there. It didn't didn't look like it anyway. Like I said, it kind of reminded me of P.J. Walker where he's got a certain amount of speed and then – He's also able to, you know, throw the ball a bit over the top and try to make some plays. I'm okay with that. Absolutely. And when you're playing with the Sean McVay system like that, you know, he sets you up with a ton of easy throws. There's a ton of gimmies in there. And uh, we'll see kind of how Seattle handles it. That'll be the big question on, you know, how this wild card weekend works out. And, you know, like I said, Seattle does have a tough matchup with that defense because they can put Ramsey on DK Metcalf. So that's certainly something that hurts the Seattle cause a big time when you're talking about not being able to use DK Metcalf enough because he's being covered up by Ramsey. Ramsey really is that good. I don't know that he's two first round picks good, but he is that good. At least when you paid for it, you got, you got a big time asset out of that. And it's not like their picks have been super high anyway, but still it is a first round pick you'd like to build off of, but it is what it is. You know, like they didn't really try to do a ton through the air. They may have to do more, you know, next week against Seattle, but you know, I hadn't really been counting on this, the Los Angeles receivers for much as far as fantasy goes in the first place. And while they're certainly capable of their big games and I love the talent level of Robert Woods, Cooper cup, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett and Josh Reynolds for that matter. I love them all. There's too many cooks and there's not enough on the plate typically for them to be someone I'm excited about. And that can certainly change, but I know what Sean McVay wants to do with Jared Goff and what he needs to do and run the ball and the like. So I expect them to continue to do that. 
if it is available to them. And then if it's not, that's when they're going to start blowing out the passing totals and the like. But for the next two years, it's unfortunate for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods that they're not going to get to play with someone just a, just a little higher step up. I mean, Jared Goff is one of the best 30 quarterbacks in the NFL, but I don't think he's a top 15 quarterback just because, you know, he's not very good off script. He, he can get, if you can get pressure in his face and get him moving or make him have to move, it's not good. Um, he's not a good improviser really with the ball. There's just a lot of things that he doesn't check the scorecard on. But when he's on time and when he the play goes exactly as expected and he's dishing the ball out, it can be absolutely frustrating because he is good at delivering the ball on time. And, and in those ways, it's just, man, you can summon bad Jared Goff by getting in his face and getting him off schedule and making him make plays, you know, improvise plays, making him run. He's not very fast either. So there's just some issues overall in today's NFL that he just doesn't check those boxes for me exactly. And I don't think he's gonna really worth the money. But problem is, there's only so many of those good quarterbacks, and the teams that have them don't let them go. So when you're foot when you're playing with the rest of them, it's tough, and it can lead to overpays. And you know, for me and the Cowboys, I think Dak's worth it. We'll see how much money he ends up getting after all this. But you know, if they don't get him to an agreement or something. I could be one of those people in the carousel pretty easily. And I went through the time where it was Chad Hutchinson and Drew Henson and all these guys that were going to be the next guy for the Cowboys that were nothing. And then you end up playing these meaningless games, these frustrating games, there's lost years, you know, even the Texans, you have to be a little jealous of them because they have Deshaun, even though their roster is kind of in flux with what's happened to them overall with trades and Bill O'Brien. And the Rams have a lot of talent there. And if their line continues to develop and hopefully Whitworth is able to come back, even though he's so old, there's hard, it's hard to tell if he will. I mean, there's a lot of things up in the air for this team. And I'm interested to see kind of how things work themselves out in the playoffs and in the offseason for them. Because I think Sean McVay is super interesting. It's just, you know what, he's so willing to cut on a dime as far as what he's doing and who he's targeting. And there's so many wide receivers and good talent in the wide receiver core because they've been really good about drafting and evaluating that, you know, it just leads to the situation where you'd rather have AJ Brown at a certain point, even though there's a lot less targets, even still just because the talent's there and just because, you know, he's more of the focal point versus, you know, everybody getting theirs and Jared Goff not being able to hit people, you know, super deep downfield unless it's play action, et cetera. So just kind of leaves me lacking as far as where the Rams are going to go now. If they get a good price because of the down year, everybody has a price. So that'll be interesting to see where their ADP goes as far as fantasy goes. But I'm more interested right now in kind of how this plays out. And I want to see one more week of John Wolford, I guess. Or, you know what, I'd be interested to see Jared Goff try to get a chance to go out there. I hope his thumb is okay, even though it seems like he's going to have offseason thumb surgery regardless. Um, They're not very sure right at this time what's going to happen. But Sean McVay will be back, and uh, I'm just interested to see him keep growing, and I love watching his plays. Now, didn't lead to a lot for Cam Akers, and Arizona did a good job on defense. The fact that it was just 18 is a credit to the Arizona Cardinals defense, and, man, if they just could have had Kyler out there for more time, unfortunately I think they would have won this game because – 
you know, not unfortunately that they would have won the game, but unfortunately we didn't get to see because Kyler couldn't be out there for that time. And really once he got back out there, it was tough. So, but uh, anyway, Cam, the, my point was that the Arizona Cardinals defense played well and did a good job of stopping the running game overall. It was just, they had to kind of sell out for it a bit. And, you know, there was some unfortunate penalties. There was, you know, there's some things that happened there that led to, you know, John, you know, being able to run himself. So that was a problem. And then being able to throw it over the top just a little bit or just enough to and make enough throws within the offense to, you know, give them in position to hit those field goals. And of course there was the big touchdown on defense, which like I said, you have to give a lot of this to the defense. And while it's been up and down, the just the Rams have been overall. So it is what it is. And hopefully they'll kind of telegraph, you know, the Cam Akers thing. I think I'll have a little bit of confidence in him, but Sean McVay is one of those guys that will cut on a dime as far as the carries and the touches. And this was without Daryl Henderson too, that I also think has a certain amount of talent and they should also mix in there when they're both healthy. So these workloads, I'm not sure that I believe in them for Cam, but he is running hard and I like the way he, you know, moves and runs. It was just, like I said, the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals were going to have Warford beat them essentially. So that's how it worked out. Let's move over to the Arizona Cardinals. And like I said, it was a tough day to watch Kyler, you know, look good, but not great to open. You know, I love his arm is one thing I noticed is, you know, he does have a great amount of arm strength for someone that size and can really whip the ball around. And then when he's able to run and get out of the pocket and all those things, it's just so beautiful. And there's a reason that he was as good as he was this year. Absolutely. Now he didn't quite get to a thousand yards. I got to think that maybe he has that in him. He doesn't run quite like Lamar as far as the frequency. Typically it's more, he gets flushed. And then, you know, really rips the defense. You know, he's getting a lot of more man-to-man type coverages, so he could really rip that off earlier in the year. And he needs to have that as a part of his game to be, you know, really be dynamic and have those chunk plays for the offense. But today with the ankle situation, you know, and then he gets hit in the ankle as well. You know, it was just really tough when he couldn't be in there. And when he was in there, he was absolutely better than Streveler, um, the backup who I'd really never heard of until this point, who – wasn't entirely bad, but has minimal arm talent, you know, just enough arm talent to look passable and then has a certain amount of speed, but not as fast as Wolford and not probably enough to really be super dynamic. So it's kind of just a guy and, you know, the Rams were able to get to him a bit. It was just a tough time to have to come in on the fly like that, you know, with so much pressure on for both teams because both teams needed the win to make the playoffs although I think the Rams would have made it anyway, as it turns out, but I digress. Still, Streveler, you know, just a guy. And I think he's kind of a fine backup, maybe. I mean, he's not a really great NFL backup. If you had to pay him any sort of money outside of the super minimum for wherever they drafted him, you know, I don't think I'd be super into that. And like I said, he wasn't slow necessarily, but He also just didn't have the ability to outrun everybody on the defensive line. And that's a problem in today's NFL. That's kind of the minimum amount of speed is you want to be able to kind of be able to juke out or at least run away from the defensive line. And, you know, that was unfortunate that that the way this played out, that it was the Rams line and that I think the Arizona Cardinals do need to take a look in the mirror and invest in their offensive line 
Chris has been, Cliff has been a proponent of that in the past, as far as his Texas tech usage for what I know. So as far as who he would try to recruit as well, he always tried to really recruit the offensive line so he could have a big offensive line. And uh, I think that's something that can kind of continue and they need to work on as far as, you know, having Arizona have a really good line and they've tried to put resources into that. It just hasn't worked out to this point. So I'm interested to see in the off season kind of what they do to sure that up. And they put resources into the wide receivers. They still need more talent at wide receiver. Just hasn't worked out the way they've wanted outside of DeAndre Hopkins. And the more resources they put into this offense, the better off I think they're going to be. They certainly have a certain amount of talent on, on defense, and they really need to get Chandler Jones back, who is a beast. You know, really missing out on him has been a big issue for them, and that really takes something off of them. And it's really just lucky that Marcus Golden played so well and that they got rush from the rest of their front. They were really set up to be really successful when they had Chandler Jones in there. So I'll look forward to his return. That'll be something big for the offseason for them as well. And uh, it's going to be interesting. This is one of the teams I'm going to be watching. Certainly Kyler is going to be one of the more heavily drafted quarterbacks. It'll be interesting to see kind of where his ADP shakes out after this big season. And I think what he did is sustainable, and I think it can get better. Like I said, more investment in the offensive line, getting more production from the running game. I think this offense can be a lot better. And there's more possessions to be had, and there's more scores to be had here, you know, if they were able to extend drives more, you know, and they were able to take a little bit of the pressure off of Kyler with a better running back. I don't think Kenyon Drake is the answer unless – he really can get himself healthy. He looked a lot more dynamic coming into the offense last year and just really hasn't shown that he can hold up to this point. So I got to think they move on. Um, I don't think they'll still go with chase Edmonds just alone. He didn't, he's looks really good and he looks so fast when he's out there on the field, but man, I just don't know if they're ever going to give him that shot. And that was one of my big misses in best ball that, you know, if Kenyon Drake got hurt or, Really, I thought Chase Edmonds might be better in the first place. I thought at some point he would really, you know, get the role and would be my big time flex, you know, and that just didn't work out this year. You know, maybe they telegraph that he's going to be the running back, but I doubt it. I got to think they bring somebody in or they have something else happen there because, I mean, I really, they would have been better off with David Johnson. It's unfortunate that that didn't work out better. I guess they didn't ask him to do the same things that the Texans ended up asking him to do. And they kind of made a mistake of not using him more in that way. So, you know, it wasn't perfect on their end either, but uh, I'll be interested. Like I said, you know, Kyler, I got to think he's going to get better. And, you know, if he can just continue to grow and continue to take the seasoning and, you know, learn from what he did this year, I think the sky's the limit with this guy. I think he absolutely has top 15 NFL talent. Top 10. I mean, he has the a big time ceiling if he can continue to grow and, you know, throw over the middle and continue to, you know, read defenses better and just all the different things that come along with being in the league. And I don't think that his athleticism is anywhere close to fading. And we'll just see how long that goes because the sky, like I said, the sky's the limit. Trying to, you know, tackle him in the open field is a real challenge with how quick and fast he is when he's healthy. He just hasn't been healthy for a minute. I mean, and that'll be a testament to him. You know, can he continue to run and still remain healthy? You know, 
he might get overdrafted if he kind of goes back into his shell last year and, you know, doesn't double up his run, running totals because this is double what he did last year, and then you throw in all the touchdowns. So, like I said, I'm interested in the average draft position of Kyler Murray, and that'll kind of depend on how in on him I get in fantasy. But, you know, I think the sky's the limit for him in real-life football, and I think Arizona has to feel good about that. And I got to think that gets Cliff another year at least. I mean, really, like I said, they need to beef up the offensive line. They need to beef up the weapons and then have everybody else come back healthy on defense. Like I said, we'll, I want to see how the offense plays out for them. Um, I, I don't think Kenyon Drake will be back, so that'll be interesting on that part. I know DeAndre Hopkins will be back. They just paid him. As far as the rest of it goes, I mean, Dan Arnold played better than expected for sure. But other than that, I, I was kind of disappointed in the way that everybody else played. Um, Christian Kirk, I had higher hopes for him as well, that he would kind of take that secondary role outside of DeAndre Hopkins and run with it. And he broke a couple of big plays, sure, but he really didn't do anything else with it. So that was disappointing. Maybe he'll be like the last pick in my best balls next year, but I don't know. I'm going to need to see kind of how they play this out before I'm believing in that to this point. So kind of disappointing. I mean, certainly disappointing for Hopkins too, you know, to kind of end the year the way this way, but you know, without Kyler playing full strength at there, it's not really hard to see why that happened this way. So we'll see with how they invest. Like I said, I want to see investment in the offensive line and the wide receivers for Kyler. You need to invest on that side of the ball so he can also continue to grow and so you can handle the Rams and the Seahawks, et cetera, and the 49ers. I mean, they're they're bound to be better on defense as well next year. So you need to put that together now so that Kyler can continue to grow and not get hurt offensive line like i said that's the big one for me that's what i've got for this game like listen subscribe and of course if you haven't done so to this point download the podcast let me know you're here let me know you know you liked this game and uh you know we're gonna attack fantasy hard in the off season so that we're ready for our fantasy drafts i'm gonna be drafting best ball drafts kind of i think right after free agency in the draft is when i'm gonna start doing like a best ball draft a week at least to make sure I know kind of what's going to happen when it comes draft time. And then I'll be sharing that with you so that we all have a game plan and we go win our leagues as well as, you know, enjoy football because it's the best. Anyway, have a great rest of your day.